dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going it's going uh it's going pretty good this week you know it's easy easy summer living what uh what about you uh it's 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 going it's going pretty good you know working eating sleeping as long as we're getting those three things done then everything else kind of falls into place <laughs> that's it i have no other goals or aspirations i just yeah but i mean to be fair i mean you know everything else is kind of gravy like you get those three things met and then everything else is, is it's good it's stuff that i want but you know if, if any of those three pillars start to shake though then it is definitely not good times that's fair that is the the foundation upon which the island is built um what would we uh would we play? Oh, Mr. Lyons, my dear Nostalgia Goggles listeners, we played Jurassic Park. That's right. We played Jurassic Park for the Genesis. Um mm-hmm. which matters apparently to the point where uh, when uh, someone asked me through um, one of the back channels, uh, like, oh, what, what, do you, what are you guys playing coming up? And I was like, oh, we're playing Jurassic Park. And they were like, oh, yeah, the one for Super Nintendo or Game Boy. And I was like, Genesis? And they were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is, like, I don't actually remember the Super Nintendo or Game Boy ones at all. Um, so I, maybe they were good. Maybe they were bad. But it was just it was funny how, like, my nostalgia experience and theirs were, like, going parallel for a minute and then their their nostalgia experience kind of drifted into my lane and like forced me to get off the highway <laughs> yeah well, well it, it's it's funny too because it's the, the questions that they asked were so leading you know or it's just like oh we're fortunate these two it's like neither are we talking about the same thing yeah, but i mean <laughs> to be to be fair the, the movie jurassic park was so iconic that it is not surprising that they made just bajillion games a bajillion million games like just look how many games there are like it is i mean to be fair the, the same thing could be said about the movies too and sim- similar to the 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 original movie i am sure there is a good jurassic park video game at least one yeah was it the, was it, it this one it might be this one it, it um, could be could there's be. actually i i don't think it would be an exaggeration to say that even with as many movies as there are there's probably four times the number of games because that's that's fair this is a time in history when the genesis one and the super nintendo one are not the same game right mm-hmm. like they're they're not it's like like uh, when we played aladdin or like the lion king game right like they're not the same game on two different systems they are different video games and yeah, to your your point about this movie and its release uh this game came out two earth months after the movie was released not because they only spent two months developing it, which was actually my initial like, oh, my Lord. Right. Like, So and this is all in the Wikipedia article, by the way. So this is safe. Um, but when you're Steven Spielberg and John Williams is involved and it's based on this amazingly, you know, well-selling novel by Michael Crichton. Right. Like th- I thought it was named Billy and the Clonosaurus. Right. That's the name of the. 
the book? Billy and the Clonosaurus 2 electric bonosaurus aloo um, <laughs> was uh, was really the the iconic Billy and the Clonosaurus novel, yes. in my, my opinion. Um, and, and it was written by Seymour Skinner. Yep. That's right. That's yep. But that is a different, vastly superior series that I don't think it's fair to bring up <laughs> when we're talking about Jurassic Sorry, Park. Ap- apologies. I just, yeah. I'm a big Billy and the Clonosaurus fan, as, <laughs> as you and all the listeners know. That's right. Um, <laughs> but they, they knew with a relatively high level of confidence that this movie was going to be successful. So they actually started working on the game a year before the movie even came out. Like Hmm. they, they just, and I I assume a lot of licensed games are done that way, but I just, I was kind of shocked because I was like, wow, two months after the movie released, like, wow, that's, that is a crazy timeline. Oh, they spent over a year on it. Okay. That, that makes way more sense. I don't even, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine trying to make a game of even even the shoveliest of shovelware games. And it takes more than a year, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah like, th- this is uh, the movie came out in June of 1993. And this game, and I don't even know if this was the first one to hit store shelves, right? Because we just said they were all done by different teams and different, different production companies. Uh, this game was on store shelves August 10th of 1993. <sighs> less than almost exactly two months later actually june 11th to august 10th wow yeah. yeah so uh um nostalgia experience blockbuster rental like no nice. no question i don't know anyone who ever owned this game um now that i do i'm like okay this is another product in our lineup but it's <laughs> it's a uh, this was a this was one of those games that probably as a kid i was like i love that movie and you know, so they got exactly what they were hoping for, right? Like yep. I loved Aladdin, so I rented the Aladdin game. I love Lion King, so I rented the Lion King game. I love Toy Story, so I rented the Toy Story game. I love Jurassic Park, so I rented the Jurassic Park game. Like that's it's hard to imagine that a lot of these games were ever like owned by anyone because it just feels like the kind of game that you rent at a blockbuster. And I, I am sure that there is somebody who's, you know, parents love them with video games and like <laughs> who, who owns this but what was the name of your friend who Aww. used to own the ground yeah um <laughs> he did own the ground <laughs> uh anyways so i'm sure that, that that statistically speaking there were some people that owned this game but yeah no this was this was also a, a blockbuster rental for me and and this is slightly tangential but yeah i, I mean i so on the movie i actually have a little bit of a different nostalgia experience this was one of two or three movies that my dad's workplace had so during the summers he took me with him to work and then basically put me in the conference room and said entertain yourself and so i have literally seen jurassic park the jurassic park probably hundreds if not thousands (laughs) of times i mean like (laughs) and and that's not an exaggeration like i would probably watch it two or three times a day every day for like three summers in a row, you know, like, so yeah, no, I mean like I just (laughs) forwards, backwards. I mean like I, I, and and so then now with the internet, you know, with people like actually deconstructing it, I'm like, oh man, it's just just so much stuff. I didn't miss like, like the, the whole thing with Dr. Grant and the seat buckles, you know, Mm -hmm. being representative of like the genetic chromosomes of like the, 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 it's, it's great. So definitely like I was into the movie. So like, yeah, I, when when I saw that there was a video game on the shelf, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna play this, and it's gonna be delightful." Um, it was something, 
But <laughs> but to be fair, like I do actually have a pretty solid memory of this game, weirdly. Um which kind of played into my replay of it. So, that's- so the, we we will dive in deeper on this, obviously, in the mechanics, but the thing that stood out in my memory about this game as a you know a a a quantum finish after i rented this game at blockbuster was this is the one where you can play as the raptor yeah and and there may be other jurassic park games where that's true i don't know there's a thousand of them but yes but i do very distinctly remember like the second you said like oh we could play this game i was like that's the one where you can play as the raptor i rented that game as blockbuster and that's the one where you can play as the raptor (laughs) like it's just it it's such a especially for this time, like that was such an unusual thing to be like, you know, Oh, here's a new Sonic game. You can play as Dr. Robotnik. No, I remember the first, uh, in super Mario RPG. That was the first Mario game I ever remember playing where you could play as Bowser. Right. And then like, that was a big deal. So the fact that it's like, Oh, this movie about the dinosaurs killing people. Also, you can choose to play as the dinosaur. Like that was, that was novel for sure. Maybe borderline unique at the time um but i do think for you know a licensed product a relatively bold choice like you know it's not like they owned this ip this was they had to get someone's permission to say like what if you killed and ate people as the raptor and someone had to be like dope ship it (laughs) (laughs) eating people as a raptor is tight you know like yeah but uh yeah um and and so so shill time to show. Yeah, shill. no, it is. It's, it's shill o'clock. Um, <laughs> it's, it's half past shill o'clock. Cause we had, we had a long nostalgia experience. So, so actually, um, I saw somebody deconstructing Pinocchio the, the recently, and they were talking about Geppetto and how the fact that if he suddenly showed up to church with a new child, right? Like after <laughs> Pinocchio becomes human, that that would throw off like a million red flags because they're like, so wait, the weird clock guy, the guy who has like a million clocks, like he suddenly has this like weird 10 year old child and then it like cuts all the clocks and the, the commenter was like, yeah, you forgot about all of the clocks, didn't you? There's a lot of clocks <laughs> and there's literally a clock in there where it's just like a clock and the, the mechanism is just a woman spanking a child, you know, like and he was like, yeah, you forgot about that, didn't you? And here's the thing. It's just nothing else going on that clock. It is always ass slap a clock <laughs> on that clock. <laughs> So yeah, it is. It is ass slap o'clock. It is shill o'clock. <laughs> That's you're gonna have to send me a link to that after this. <laughs> um, but it is shill o'clock. Uh, so you know, new uh, new patrons, new uh, followers on Twitter. You've been more active on Twitter, which is exciting because people have been you know reaching out to both of us as well as the podcast Twitter accounts. So That's always cool. I, like I do nothing on Twitter. Discussion except like nostalgia goggles stuff. So if you reach out to me on, on, on Twitter about like nostalgia goggles, I am, I am singularly <laughs> on top of it because that is the only thing I'm paying attention to on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm here to talk about the podcast and chew gum and I'm all out of, all gum. Out of gum. <laughs> <laughs> I've also had a few, uh, interesting moments on, uh, the Twitch stream recently. Uh, one of them was playing this game where, I was getting a lot of really reasonable questions about why I was choosing to do the things in the game that I was doing. And unfortunately, the answer to a lot of those questions was, that's not what I'm trying to do. That's, <laughs> that's just what's happening. Um, nice. 
So, so uh, I love <laughs> I love bringing people into that behind the scenes stuff. So if you want to see what it's actually like to live through some of these games, good, bad, and otherwise, um, I try to stream them on Twitch. So come hang out. Uh, but with that, I think we can segue at last into the visuals. Into the visuals. I, sorry, this just reminded me of uh, John Mulaney when he's just kind of like, uh, if you see me on the road, I hear you honking. I also don't want to be doing what I'm doing. Like, it's it's that. Which <laughs> <laughs> is just like, why are you doing this? It's like, I, I, I just, I don't know. It's just what's happening. Like, it's not the intention. Um, but yes, visuals. Uh, so not... Not not great, man. Not not great. Here's here's okay. So literally, <laughs> that my top level note on visuals, and this is verbatim, is ugly, dark, and washed out. You know, it's just this is not a visually stunning game. It's it's very much so like they they said, well, Jurassic Park is dark and scary, and they're like, uh huh. It's like cool. So so the visuals should be dark and scary. It's like, do we really think that? That's a one-to-one, you know, like maybe in like a movie medium, creating things that are kind of like dark and that like works really well. But maybe in a video game, we don't need things to be dark in order for them to be like impressive and scary. Maybe we can actually make that happen through like mechanics and gameplay and how we actually pull on the player's emotions. Kind of similar to the way they did in like Castlevania. And they said, nope, you make this stuff dark. You wash it out. Do not use any bright colors. Do not use anything that's interesting and make it really, really hard to see how the players interact with the environment around them. Don't you think that that would actually detract from gameplay and make things more frustrating than scary? Nope. This is the way it's got to look. I think that's the way the conversation went. I, I agree completely. And the, the terms <laughs> that I used for it are muddy and bland, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, dark and washed out. Like it's there. <laughs> synonyms. They're uninspiring to yeah. a staggering degree, not because the graphics are bad, like they are, they do not serve, like one of the, one of the ways you and I try to frame this is like, how are they objectively as art? And then right. how well do they serve the game? And sometimes we explicitly say those things, but those are the two kind of thoughts we have yeah, when, we're, when we're critiquing yeah. the visuals and uh, in both of those cases, the answer is not good. Like it's objectively as art, they're not bad, but they're certainly not good. They're just, they're, they're graphics. Like they're not, they're just, they're, they're they exist. And, yeah. and as far as how well they serve the gameplay, the answer is not good because they made all of these awkward choices to use super muddy colors, right? There's no differentiation between things you can interact with and things you can't interact with. You just sort of have to assume based on the placement like, oh, this is here. So I guess I can interact with it. Fortunately, the world is fairly sparsely populated, so you can usually guess right uh, the only things that even come close to being brightly colored usually are like for if you're playing as Dr. Grant, his pickups are like a white blue um, mm-hmm. and, and those usually kind of stand out. But then you are in some interior spaces that are all concrete where they super don't and they just blend right into the concrete background. And then uh, as the Raptor. Um, you obviously don't get like health packs and weapons, but there's like little meat, you know, like dungeon wall chicken to make another Castlevania reference, uh, which also is like a brown muddy color that often blends into the background. So mm-hmm. fortunately you auto pick up stuff. Yes. So if you just barrel across ammunition or health and you didn't notice it, you will just pick it up and either add it to your health or add it to your inventory. But 
that doesn't feel like the right way to do that because then you can't do clever things like say, oh, we're going to put health or weapons off the beaten path and they'll see it in the corner and then they'll want to go and like find out how to get to this area that they weren't supposed to go to, but they can get the, get the yummy prize at the bottom of the cereal box. But there isn't, there's never a yummy prize at the bottom of the cereal box because if they don't put it directly in your forward path, you probably won't get it ever because you won't even see it. Yes. No, and, and, and so again, you know, it just makes the game really kind of frustrating to deal with because it's it's literally like somebody said, hey man, do you want to play ping pong? And it's like, sure man, I love ping pong. It's like, cool. I'm going to turn off all the lights in the room. Like, <laughs> why? And it's like, oh, because, you know, like it'll make it harder. It's like, it will, it will make it harder. <laughs> I don't think that that's the type of challenge I'm looking for though. I am looking to test my skill against another human. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. but this will make it more challenging. It's like, you're not well, you're not wrong. Um, and so that's that's this, where it's just kind of like, oh, it'll make it like spookier and harder and scarier. And this is, you know, like kind of creepy. Which, by the way, again, on the movie side, like thinking back on it, man, I don't know if I was old enough to be watching that movie. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, there it's, is some, it's pretty intense. It is. Like, to me, the, the, <laughs> the intense part is, you know, at one point, literally Sam Jackson's disembodied arm, like, touches you know dr sadler and like it's like oh my god you know like that that that's not like young child appropriate but you know whatever um raised by television (laughs) but that being said is it like like that scene the reason why i bring it up is because that scene is very dark very spooky and like they the only reason why they can get away with that visual is because literally the arm is coming out from complete pitch black darkness and that works visually in a movie where there's nothing needed from the audience peekaboo physics work in a movie because you don't really think about it because you're just like you you're literally on the couch and you are forced to have one vision right so the fact that like (laughs) that at the end of the movie when the velociraptors are like all closing in on them and then the t-rex comes out of nowhere and snatches up the velociraptors like how did none of the characters see the several ton dinosaur that was just right beside them you know it's unrealistic but it works in a movie um it doesn't work here. And one of the places where the, <laughs> uh, it, it is basically peekaboo physics, right, is with the velociraptor. Because in order to make a velociraptor that looks anything like a velociraptor looks convincing, right? And they really did, it looks like, put some time and energy into drawing this velociraptor, right? It's got to take up a number of pixels, right? You got to have enough pixels to make the velociraptor look like a velociraptor and not like a eight-bit velociraptor because of that it's enormous and it takes up a huge chunk of the screen right and then and then they decided well you know what velociraptors do they they like jump like they they, they, they're really fast and they jump a lot in the movies and it's like oh man that, that that is cool you know so so we should have them do that and it's like that's great but when you jump vertically, first of all, you can jump bananas high. That's a that's an a mechanics thing. But it's just wildly high but you can also do like a a linear jump which covers like about two complete two to two and a half complete screens right so like when you start your jump and then where you end your jump you you literally can't see where you're going to land so that's not a platforming challenge it's just kind of a you literally it's leap everyone yeah everyone is a leap of faith and so eventually i kind of realized that the developers were at least decent enough with the level design that they're not going to set me up for generally for complete 
system failure on that. You know, like I may run into something I shouldn't run into, but they're not going to kill me most of the time. So yeah, I mean, most of the games I was just kind of like, I don't know, I'm just going to duck and press the button, which makes you invincible as you jump, which again is a mechanics thing. But like, it, that's what I did a lot of the times. And that's not fun, you know, because again, visually, I'm just kind of like, I, I, I don't know, like, is there a challenge here? P- possibly, but I don't have the information I need to solve the puzzle. So I'm just going to keep closing my eyes and hoping that I land somewhere. And that's not, not great. And it's not fun. Well, the, my problem with the way the Velociraptor looks is this movie and and it's, this is a licensed video game, right? So (laughs) it's going to be hard not to refer back to the movie because like you were talking about about the movie. Let's just talk about them. <laughs> it's such a good movie. Like you were saying with the you know dark and spooky visuals, that that doesn't translate wholesale to a video game without other considerations in mind. Like the player is controlling the action and needs information, right? So, so like you can make dark, spooky video games. There's lots of dark and spooky video games, but yeah. there are mechanics to make that possible, right? And so with the Velociraptor, I was very surprised that being, you know, basing this game on a movie that has such revolutionary practical effects that absolutely hold up to this day because they're real practical effects in many cases, right? A lot of big animatronics, a lot of miniatures, you know, with clever uh, cinematography. And then the Velociraptor looks like it's against a bad green screen. It literally has an awkward green outline that I know is supposed to make it like pop out a little bit, but why? Like, <laughs> why? Why? Why, Eddie? Why does it look like this video game that is literally all in universe, right? Everything is made in the same game engine. Why does it look like the Velociraptor is standing in front of a green screen when the actual green screen Velociraptors don't look like they're standing in front of a green <laughs> screen? Like this, this, the, when this idea registered in my mind i was like good i can never unsee this now like now i'm just playing green outline dinosaur the game (laughs) (laughs) and that's interesting i didn't actually notice the green outline but that that i i I can agree with i think that to me though i think perhaps the reason that that because the velociraptor does look out of place the Velociraptor itself, I thought, was kind of lovingly animated in the sense that, like, when he's walking, like, his head kind of bobs from side to side, you know, like, his animations, like, he has several frames of animation, so it doesn't look like he's just, like, doing weird stuff. His animation has changed, whether or not he's, you know, like, leaping, whether you're ducking and pressing the leap button. Um, he has a climbing animation, which I thought was kind of, both he, he and Dr. Grant have, like, a climbing animation, which is kind of cool, you know, because uh, they definitely necessitate you climbing on stuff. So, I felt that there was a lot to that but the problem is that you know is it does kind of that level of of detail makes the rest of the you didn't need it you need the rest of the universe to look that way and it doesn't yeah you know so it it is very much so like putting a a live person in with cgi people you know where it's like, it's like well that's a human that's cgi we're good you know um if you just have a whole bunch of really, really good CGI, you can kind of just forget about the fact that it's CGI and suspend disbelief. But if you constantly have something that's showing you what a real human looks like, it's impossible. So having a very well-rendered um, Velociraptor against a backdrop of stuff that all looks awful, it just constantly reminds you like, oh God, this level looks, looks terrible. You know, so uh, so yeah, so I, I think that that 
that again, you know, just it, it, weird. It's it's interesting that they actually did take the time to do all that animation on a shovelware game. But I think this was kind of around the birth of shovelware, and they hadn't quite decided <laughs> how to do that yet. You know, well, I mean, not only is there all of the the animations you need for the game to function, right? Like running, jumping, climbing things, right? But there's even a few different animations that are, as far as I can tell, needlessly bespoke, right? Where they were just like, oh, there's the biting animation for the raptor, but then if he's crouching down, he actually bites in a slightly different way. Even though they could have used the same, you know, mouth and head, they animated it a little differently. And there's a biting animation where he like turns his head to the side a little bit. Like there's, there is love put into a lot of this. The problem is I would say there isn't a tremendous amount of care, right? Mm. Like I'm, I'm literally looking at the screenshot that they have in the Wikipedia article where it's, it's right where the game starts, right? So Dr. Grant in like the mossy jungle and then uh, the Velociraptor in the same spot. And, It's like each little thing you could either take or leave like, oh, this is okay. This is bad. Um, But as a whole, it just doesn't really hang together. And I I, I think the idea of, oh, this is a scene with nine characters. Eight of them are CGI and one of them is a real person. And I can't stop thinking about that because there's a real person here. Yes. You know, like that. I think that's a good like representation of because when you watch a pixar movie you probably spend zero seconds thinking those aren't realistic body proportions right but then (laughs) if like you know ed catmull walked into a scene and was like thanks for watching my movie you'd be like oh those people look like terrifying mutants because they do look like terrifying mutants because they're cartoon characters right but you suspend all of that disbelief and this the way characters do or don't interact with the background the way they do or don't interact with the environment like you're just constantly they're constantly testing you like hey do you suspend your disbelief how about now was that disbelief breaking and it's like yes fine you ruined my experience are you happy now well it's it's kind of like um when you see cartoon characters um uh like animated in like a realistic fashion you know it's it's like that where it's just kind of like oh yeah like homer simpson he looks like a human, but then when you see like what he would look like if he was human, you're like, Oh my God. Like that, that is, that is the stuff of nightmares, you know? Um, so the only, the only other two notes I have for, for visuals, well, one of them's not a visual note. It's just something I don't know where to put it. So I'm going to talk about it now. (laughs) So here it goes. Here we go. It's, I don't know, dude, the Velociraptor and I just, just got each other, man. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like me and Dr. Grant, we did not get along well at all. I died constantly on his on his levels the velociraptor i cleared almost all of them on the first pass you know like just barreling through and i was like i don't know why the velociraptor and i are just like one-to-one on what needs to be done in this situation (laughs) (laughs) but i like like i was like okay i'm gonna jump here i'm gonna kill these three people i don't know why like it's way easier for me to kill the humans than kill the dinosaurs like and i'm not saying like easier morally I was morally okay with both, <laughs> with, with, with the with the complete panoply of murder. But I, I just, I just killing the humans came easier to me. I don't know what that says. I got to, I got to, I got to unpack that. But uh, <laughs> anyways, the Velociraptor <laughs> and I just got each other. Um, the flame frame rate dropped to absolute garbage 
in a number of places. This is literally my my one and only other note <laughs> for visuals. It was to complain about the frame rate. So please do go on. Like I wish the frame rate had. Yes. <laughs> Which is again the I don't know what the core I mean, obviously they were going for challenge as like one of the core aesthetics, but I don't know how they wanted to do that. So like in a and this is definitely straying into mechanics, but I, I promise I'll bring it back. So in in like a Mario game, right? It's it's or in most platformers, it is is how well you can control n plus one dimensions, right? So if you can operate on you know uh, an x y on an x axis, it's how well you can definitely control your control of the y axis. If you can move on an x and y axis, it's how definitely you can control navigating the z axis, right? So that's this general platformer stuff. So it's it's jumping, jumping's got to be fun. It's got to be enjoyable. Um, with Mario Odyssey, the, the the hat, the hat is the main. They're going for challenge, and it's how can you force your will upon other sentient <laughs> creatures in a way that you can utilize their powers to achieve your goals. Right? I haven't played. You played the game more than I did. Is that ballparking? Right? Not always sentient, because you can be a tree. <laughs> this is the best game ever. <laughs> um, yeah, so not always sentient, but sometimes sentient. <laughs> Often sentient. <laughs> so, anyways, but uh, but but so so they 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 determined what the core engagement was, and then everything stems off of that. I don't know what the core engagement, like what the fun part of this game is supposed to be. <laughs> um, but I don't think that it's it's quickly dispatching the the enemies right you know like it's not like the the core engagement isn't as dr grant dropping dinosaurs like it's hot and as the velociraptor you know eviscerating tons of humans i say all of that to say this which is why did they feel the need to put so many enemies on the screen that it causes the screen rate to drop to absolute garbage because in a game like gradius which is a bullet hell game mm-hmm. it is understandable that sometimes they put so many bullets on the screen that it drops the frame rate because the whole core engagement is that there's a lot of stuff to dodge. That's not the core engagement here, but they still threw so much crap onto the screen that it caused the frame rate to drop to hot garbage. And I don't know why. Like, why Why not just... Like, if you took two of the humans off of the screen, it'd still be as challenging, and the frame rate wouldn't drop to hell. It, it's... I mean, we, we need to try to circle back to this in mechanics, but um, <laughs> it's... Uh, because video games have enemies, right? uh, yeah, like have it, enemies. It's, it's the it's lives and continues in a score in one corner, right? Which you, got, you gotta have blue hair. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have enemies. Um, to this game's <laughs> credit, it actually doesn't have a score in the corner, but there's lives and there's a password. So, right? There's there are things that games to this day, with all of the knowledge we've accumulated in the decades, video games have been mass market, let alone existed. They've existed even longer than that. There are still some game designers that you can tell are like, oh, I'm going to make a game shaped game that will look like a game. And video games have these things, right? And, And those things just get shoved in there with absolutely no thought for how they affect the system. And in a case like the Sega Genesis, literally how they affect the system, because the, <laughs> the places I actually ran into the worst frame rate issues, and I, I know they happened on both sides, but to me, I felt like they were they were sharper declines with the Velociraptor, but it was more constant as Dr. Grant, because mm. 
especially right in the first level. There's all those like, uh, they're supposed to be like slippery slopes, um, that, you know, like vines and mossy, you know, like tree branches and stuff. And you go like sliding down and the frame rate just drops like precipitously. And it's really, it makes everything look worse. It makes it harder to control. It just ruins a lot of the interaction model. And I felt like with grant that was just happening all the time. And the reason I became hyper aware of it is because some enemies like the, um, I guess they're supposed to be like pterodactyls are fast, right? Like some of the enemies move really fast. So when there's a frame rate drop and then it spikes back up to normal, they look like they're on cocaine, right? They're just, <laughs> just because they were moving kind of quickly, even when the frame rate had dropped to near zero. And then when it's at their normal speed, then they're just flying literally and figuratively. So I, I just felt like as grant it, it had, consistent problems whereas as the velociraptor the frame rate would be usually okay and then plummet and then spike right back up like when you killed an enemy or or if you passed you know an obstacle or something so that's that was my experience of it i don't know if that's like objectively true but i just felt like oh grant's game just plays slower i don't know if now is the time it's probably not but whatever um so is that i played i played the, a lot more as the velociraptor than i did as grant because i found the game to be wildly more tolerable so i played as grant same z's yeah yeah so i did i did play as grant but you, you're probably right but i literally played just enough of dr grant to be like i there i did it i, I played it i can i if somebody asked me about it i could speak at <laughs> What did you play as Dr. Grant in the Sega Genesis uh, Jurassic Park game? As long as you have absolutely no follow up <laughs> questions, then yes, fully. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's the degree to which I played as Grant. But uh, you want to move on to audio? Yeah, um, my top level note for audio is it's not John Williams. <laughs> and my top note was just awful from John Williams to this. <laughs> so here's, here's my, my actual problem is it's literally and figuratively not John Williams, by which I mean, they did not even attempt to make a 16 bit version of the movie score, which by the way, if they wanted that dark and scary feel, they probably should have used some of that super iconic cinematic music instead of just random video game level soundtrack number nine, right? Like, I mean, you license the story and the characters and the logo and the whole universe. Could you not have found the 15 extra bucks to make a MIDI chiptune version of, I guarantee you right now I could go on YouTube or on uh, like ugh, crap. I think it's Remi- over overclock remix. There's like a famous like chiptune website. I can't think of the exact name of, but there is a million covers of the Jurassic park theme done in chiptune that exist right now. And in the time it took me to say that sentence, somebody wrote six more. Like how does this game not have any Jurassic park music? in it? So here's, 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 here's what I'd like to do is I'm, I, I have a similar thought on that, um, but a little bit of a different twist. So I'm going to start telling you my kind of view on it. Right. And so when I say go, I'm going to start describing it. You go try to find that chiptunes mix. Mix. Don't start yet. Okay. Don't start. No. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll do this race fairly. <laughs> and and then you just let me know 
I'm going to finish my thought, but you let me know when you find it. <laughs> okay. Ready? Yep. Go. So the issue that I kind of have with it is that John Williams, one of the reasons why Got John Williams... There it is. <laughs> 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 so you just want to move on? Or, no. so, <laughs> so John Williams' music is so iconic because it is really, he is amazing at creating really strong, memorable melody lines, right? So, you know, you can hum pretty much any of his stuff, you know? I mean, like, it's, I mean, there's a reason why they did the acapella, John Williams is the man, you know? Like, you know all of those songs. The interesting thing is that Another strong suit of games that had that were classic NES and SNES games. The reason why is because realistically, they could only generate three tones at a time. And what's the minimum that you need to make a chord? Three tones, right? So that's why the classic Mega Man and the classic Zelda music and the classic Mario music is so iconic was because basically all they could do was a melody, right? You know, so... I don't even think that they needed to take John Williams's music. They just needed to create something that realized that that one of the core draws of the music is that iconic music. And then if not, get that music and make a chiptunes version of it. Make your own iconic music. You've got, I know that the software can do it and the hardware can do it. It's been done. It was done on the NES. So just take those three chords and make some good three chord music and and go with it, man. You know, but like the the fact that they didn't just shows that they didn't they didn't try. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. No, it 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 feels. I mean, just kind of like the the visuals are sort of like muddy and bland. Like this is kind of you know muddy and bland. And and I think they should have put in the effort to have the the Jurassic Park theme right the icon the one everyone right now can hear crystal clear in their head right mm-hmm. that yep. should be at least like on the title or the end credit oh, yeah. screen. and and full disclosure i did not beat this game so maybe it's in the end <laughs> credit screen but i'm willing to bet it's not right and then and and we've talked about this with a lot of other games um particularly like your castlevanias right games that are like kind of spooky and and have a feeling but not really tunes like this would have been a perfect opportunity to just say well the levels don't really have songs they have like ambient noise that gives each level a feeling right like when you're in the sewer the the music kind of sounds like water dripping and when you're mm-hmm. in the jungle it kind of you know sounds like things rustling through the the thick you know jungle underbelly they didn't do any of that. They just wrote like nope. generic video game music and it heavily leans on the Genesis like palette of sounds. Like there were a couple times where I was like, ha, that's how Sonic spinball sounds like <laughs> because they probably just went to, you know, a library of pre-made and I'm not faulting them for this. It's just, it's kind of lazy. Like they just, yeah. they, they opened, you know, the, the box of Legos and they were like, Oh, if I take this one, and I attach it to that one. It's sort of like a little car. And it's like, yeah, you took a straight piece and you put four wheels on it. Yes, that is sort of like a little car. Do you, do you want to maybe do more than that? You got a whole box of Legos there. And it's like, no, nah, I think I'm all right. Well, and and so uh, so two things. One is um, uh, when, I, <laughs> when, I, when I queued this game up to play it, right, uh, Megan was in the room and she was just kind of scrolling through her phone. And then literally, if you want to 
good critique on the music. I think Megan's is best, which was she said, Oh God, what is that? Is that you? (laughs) (laughs) Because the music started and she she literally was like perked up. Like, what is, what is that noise? You know? And I said, yes, that's the game. (laughs) And she was like, Oh, and then she kind of like went back to what she was doing. But I was like, no, it's, it's, it's the game. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, so that's not what you want. Right. Um, also the, uh, the dinosaur humans, just the sound effects in general are kind, are, are at best nothing. And at, like, like, like null, like a lot of <laughs> like, generic video game sounds. Yeah. At worst, they are grating and frustrating because like, I remember, um, so one, one upside to visuals I forgot to mention is that if you don't do anything, the game will do go to like a gameplay, you know, kind of example, hmm, sure. which is, which is, that's a, positive thing right like that's generally positive because then like if especially for kind of an arcane or obtuse video game like this like i would not have guessed off the top that jumping on bad guys would kill them as the velociraptor that's unintuitive because why would that happen um i mean the velociraptor everything the velo- all the buttons kill i mean the all of the the face buttons plus all of the direction buttons like any button yeah. you press is the velociraptor ends a human life Yes, all <laughs> tagline for a Velociraptor: all buttons are the kill button. <laughs> you know? um, it's kill buttons all the way down. But so that being said, is that you know, like it, it's good that that they kind of moved to that visual, like absent of anything, you can kind of watch and be like, oh, okay, I didn't know I could do that as the Velociraptor, or 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 neat, whatever. Which is, I mean, um, that's what those little thing, those little vignettes are supposed to do. Exactly. So so good, good on them for that. Um, did draw attention to the garbage sound effects though, because I, <laughs> you know, the, the opening stream is coming on. And I'm sitting there like jotting down some notes real fast. And so it goes into gameplay and the sound effects were so obnoxious that I went like, Nope. And I muted it. Because I, was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't think while I'm having all this terrible tinny friggin' like people like, ah, like Wilhelm screaming all over the place. I mean, it was just, it was just bad. So I was just kind of like, no, I can't even focus with this going on. So I just muted it. So, that's again not what you want. Uh, there, there are tons of video games where, again, if you're trying to create like the spooky aesthetic, and again, I don't know what aesthetic they were trying to make, other than <laughs> other than the, the swimming in Scrooge McDuckian money aesthetic. You know, like I don't I don't know what they were doing, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like it just the the, the sound effects did n- never informed gameplay and were like I said, best case scenario, just I don't remember them. Worst case scenario, they were actively annoying. So this is actually how I'm going to uh, segue us into mechanics because uh, what I want to do is stitch together what you just said with some visual problems that there were, which is sometimes enemies respawn, but not always. And also things can kill you from all over the place, but not always. And a lot of those visual oddities could have been either softened or maybe even addressed entirely with some good audio cues, right? And here's a good example. Uh, missiles make a big explodey noise, but they don't make like a whooshy noise when they're flying through the air, right? They, they make an impact noise, but not like a you're about to be hit in the face by a missile noise. And I noticed that because in the second level as the Velociraptor, which is the sewers, right? It's the same second level as, as for Grant. Um, if you are standing perfectly still in the beginning of the level, haven't even picked up the controller, a character off screen shoots a missile at you and it hits you and hurts a lot. 
And then if you walk over to eat that guy's face, which he deserves, he just shot you with a missile from off screen. Yeah. Yeah. He's asking to have his face eaten. (laughs) You walk over there. (laughs) Did you you see what he was wearing? Like he's asking to have his face eaten. (laughs) That is the level of seriousness with which anyone who actually thinks that should be treated. It's like, yes. How do you think this guy felt when the Velociraptor ate his face? Was he asking for it? (laughs) yes it is as absurd as people who use that in a realistic way exactly so when you go over there that guy doesn't have a rocket launcher he has the little zappy like taser gun so where does this missile even come from and this this my little sequel my little nostalgia gogglers this to me is a fantastic microcosm of everything wrong with the game you are shot in the face from a character, an enemy that has not loaded onto the screen yet. This missile comes from nowhere. So there's nothing you could have possibly done. Cause even if you know that enemy is over there, that enemy does not have a missile launcher. There's no audio cue to even give you the half second to duck before it blasts you in your dumb velociraptor face. And then when you go over there and you see that taking literally just one step, because most of the enemies don't move. So if you'd literally just taken one step to the right and loaded him in, he would have stood there and not shot you in the face with a missile because he doesn't have a missile launcher. So you have this just this little microcosm of here's everything wrong with the visuals. Here's everything wrong with the audio. Here's everything wrong with the level design and the mechanics just in this one moment and you haven't even picked up the damn controller yet. Like it's the start of the second level and Grant gets the same thing at the beginning of the first level. If you stand still in front of the termed over Jeep, the nonviolent Triceratops just flips violent and, yep. and gores you to death. Oh yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the thing too, which is, is actually not representative of the movie because in the movie, the Triceratops sees the, the the triceratopodes yeah that um they uh they, they, the the one we see is is again it's nonviolent because I believe triceratopses were herbivores right you know they're grantivores yeah they are in this one um he's he's made mostly of seeds uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah no and 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 to be fair I'm not sure if this is true I think I think I saw this right so this is like a a ghost in the machine almost but I think that the human bad guys can switch weapons. So I think that the guys with the rocket launchers, if you get close enough, they will switch to a taser. Not always, Mm. but sometimes, because I do know that I I just, I can see this, but I don't know if it's that weird dumb thing that human brains do where they say, I'm going to put this in there. That's a memory you have now. And you're like, Nope, that never happened to me at all. But I do remember at one point, like a guy firing a bazooka and then, me jumping towards him and then him doing like an animation where he like puts his hands at his sides and it comes back out and then he had a taser and tried tasing me. Okay. If, um, if that's true, I'm, I'm totally fine with that, but, but still, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. would in no this way excuse just, anything. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't excuse being shot from off screen. It wouldn't excuse being shot in the position you load in into the level when you, the player have not pressed any buttons like that. Like, oh yeah, no, it's 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 still neat, terrible all the way down. Neat if true, but luckily my my angry complaint <laughs> stands. Oh the yeah, test no, it's totally, it totally still still stands. No, I mean the, the only reason why I mentioned that is for like to assist with your sanity of like <laughs> what the holy hell is happening. It's like here is what I think happened. None of it should have happened, 
but here's what I think happened, you know, because like, again, if not for, for me, <laughs> for me explaining it, right. You don't want a game that, that, that somebody has to explain it to you, you know, and actually that's, that's one of the beauties of game, gameplay, game design, and all sorts of stuff, which is actually something I've been saying at work pretty regularly, which is they were like, well, how do you want us to define this workspace? I'm like, it should be intuitive what needs to be done by virtue of entering the workspace. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, let me ask you this. Have you ever played Mario? And they say, yes. I'm like, cool. Who taught you how to play that game? And they said, nobody. I was just, I just picked up the controller and figured it out. I'm like, I want that. Dude, make it, make it that, make it that intuitive. And they're like, oh, oh, I'm like, yeah. It takes a lot of time, energy, and effort and a deep understanding of the process in order to do that right. I need you to develop all of those things. That way you can make it that way anybody, I need you to be so skilled at this thing. So that way anybody can pick up the controller and play it. And uh, the people who made Mario had that. The people who <laughs> made this game, yeah, not so much. Or if they did have the skill, they didn't have the time to, to leverage it. Um, uh, the, one of the nice things about this game is that, and it's it's worth mentioning, is it has a password system, right? Which the game would be unplayable without, right? I mean, no doubt. No, and so just to 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 because we kind of mentioned this off off off, off screen off camera um, is uh, I did not quite have the negative intensity of experience that you had with this game, <laughs> but. It, but mostly that was because like I remembered the experiences that I did have. So I just was like, it's it's like walking into a room where somebody says, you know, by going into this room, people are going to beat you with sticks, right? And I'm like, I know, I'm I'm just, I, I am at peace with it. So I would just pick up the controller, be in like this like zero emotion state and just start playing. So literally when I would start to get frustrated with the level, I just calmly picked up my phone, just looked up what the next level password was, plugged it in and moved on, you know? So the fact that I could, do that is is in part what made the game even playable because otherwise the game is so fundamentally broken from a mechanic standpoint that you've only got three lives and there are so many times when you die and it is not your fault that I would have been I mean the cycle time is in and of itself bad for different reasons but absent a level password it would be broken but the one thing that they do with the level password that reduces the cycle time and frustration with it a little bit is that the the password for where you just died auto populates when you continue. And that's nice. I think that's brilliant in almost a stupid way. And here's why I say that because Because why not just give you more lives or infinite lives? (laughs) Oh no, that's an entirely separate discussion, a valid one, (laughs) but, but not actually the thing I'm getting at. The thing, the thing I'm getting at is, uh, a lot of video games have a lot of video gamey things. And one of the video gamey things that a lot of video games do is when you're out of the ability to keep playing the game, lives, continues, coins, gems, whatever dumb thing, that is when most video games say, here is the password Mm -hmm. to pick back up where you just were. This game doesn't actually do that. It shows you what your current password is on the password enter screen. So it Mm -hmm. makes the screen where you enter the password double as the screen where you also go to collect your password on your way out. And it also gives you the password at the beginning of the level. Yeah, but it, yeah, but I mean, eight year olds, like who, who, dude, who, who, who plans that far in advance? Who sits through those screens? Like you're telling oh, me yeah. you didn't just mash a through that. 
I, I did, um, which is unfortunate because they do rely on you getting some information on those screens. Yeah, this is what I'm saying, right? So you're, you're, <laughs> you're right. Let, let's be fair. So they also give it to you there, but it's really easy to miss. That's not the prominent feature of that screen. The prominent feature of that screen is, do you care about the narrative? The answer is no. And so I'm trying to skip past that so I can get back to eating people as the Velociraptor or trying not to get eaten as Dr. Grant and failing miserably. So I I think it's, it's an interesting choice to have the password screen like sort of pull double duty, but I'm with you a thousand percent that having it be pre-populated is... It shows the trajectory we were on to game designers being like, do we really need lives and continues? Like, maybe we should let the person keep playing the game until they don't want to play it anymore, right? Right. So you die three times, and then you get kicked back to the title screen, and you have to go to the password screen, but then it's already populated. And you just say, yep, that one. And then it just takes you back to where you were. So it's slavery with a lot of extra steps, but, (laughs) but it's... The the fact that you can, with pretty minimal effort, pick right back up where you left off, I think is not only a good idea, but it's something that I wish other games with passwords had actually copied, right? It's like, no, I'm not going to turn the game off. I'm going to keep playing. So just let me keep playing. And I think that, and this is definitely giving more credit than the game deserves, but just as a as a general philosophical video game point, which is that, because one could definitely make the argument is like, okay, so... um I, I die three times, right? So every time I die, I get kicked back to the beginning of the level. Okay. Um, and then when I die it, three times... Wait, I'm sorry. I just need... No checkpoints, right? No checkpoints. Okay. Yeah, which is which is frustrating because what normally happens is about three quarters of the way through the level, there's a huge spike in difficulty and then punch you back to the beginning of the level where there's generally also a huge spike in difficulty. So literally there were levels where I was like, I can't get back. I literally can't get back to the thing that beat me because I'm still dicking around with this other unfair thing. Yeah. Okay. And then normally that was when I was like, yeah, maybe I don't need to screw around with this level at all. And then just moved on. <laughs> um, but yes, correct. No checkpoints. That was another thing I wanted to mention. But so you, you, you die three times. Each time you die, it punch you back to the beginning of the level. Okay. Then um, it, after you die three times, uh, you get, uh, you, it kicks you back to the title screen, at which point you hit start two or three times. And then you're right back where you started, right? So it's, it's infinite lives with, as you said, a bunch of extra steps, right? So why not just have infinite lives, right? Why not just do that, right? Now, I think the reason why they didn't do that was just because they're like, well, you got to have continues and you got you to gotta be out of lives. But let's, let's just say that they're geniuses. Um, I think that this could be an element of humane game design, right? So one of the things with humane... <laughs> yeah, it's not. But let's just pretend. Come on, man. Let's just close our eyes. Think of John Williams. Just pretend that this is that. Um, so it's because the idea with humane game design is you actually want to design outs for the player you know so places where you can reasonably say i have gotten a good experience or i am now done playing for the day for whatever right so if you just gave somebody infinite lives you you would chances are you would get to a frustrating point and then just be iterating on it infinitely you know like you and get getting really frustrated and really put out well past the point when you should have been should have stopped playing right but the idea of saying like yeah every three lives we kind of punch you back a little bit further that's a good time to stop playing right so i never really stopped playing when i had any lives left i stopped playing when i got back to the continue screen and i was like eh, that's good i i've got the password i can restart wherever so again i don't think that that's what happened here 
But in some games, if you if you witness that, it's not necessarily a ubiquitously bad thing. It could be them saying like, is this, have you had enough? Like, like maybe now is a time for you to stop playing. So we're just going to make it a little bit harder for you to dump back in. So that way, maybe you'll just stop and take a breath and go live the rest of your life. You know? And just go watch the movie. <laughs> and and I, I mean, this is, I think this is very deeply related to something we've talked about with Mario games and Mega Man games are games that have checkpoints is where are the checkpoints and how far back are you getting kicked and what is the benefit of being kicked back? Right? So with uh, like Mega Man, for example, there's usually a checkpoint around the middle of the level and then there's checkpoint in the hallway leading into the boss room. Oh yeah. Mega Man X3 did that really well. Yeah, it did. Um, (laughs) And, and I think in, classic Mega Man and Mega Man X. Cause I think they just made the one. Um, <laughs> there's uh, it, it's, it's, it's relevant to have those two different kinds of checkpoints because what you learned in the level typically doesn't really have any relationship to the boss, right? The boss and the level are thematically related, but mechanically they generally have nothing in common, right? So getting kicked back to the middle of the level when you just want to attempt the boss again would just be punishing because you're not going to learn any skills going through the level that will dramatically change your ability to fight the boss. Whereas in many of the Mario games, especially the modern ones, but even going back pretty far, the boss is mechanically and thematically related to the level. So replaying parts of the level generally does give you skills and knowledge and abilities that will help you fight the boss. The fact that that is so not true in this game, that being kicked back to the beginning of the level is like, well, we could just dump you anywhere because you're never going to get any skills to help you be any better. Cause it's all just a random tire fire. And then <laughs> when you, burn to death made the, up and the points don't matter <laughs> yes and when you burn to death in the tire fire three times we kick you all the way back to the title screen not because going through the title screen will give you the knowledge skills and ability to be successful because it will give you just a long enough moment to go i, I think i might be done for now maybe forever yep. but definitely for now right like yeah. that's it's the same idea as what Mega Man or Super Mario are doing in those, uh, you know, examples I gave, but it's a very different end result where one of them is now I'll get the skills and abilities I need to be successful, or I'm right before the challenge so I can attempt it again versus, Hey buddy, um, maybe just stop. Maybe, maybe just stop. Well, and also too, um, cause you know, I, I, I love me some cycle time or a, a really short iterative <laughs> cycle time, right? Unfortunately, a game you made us play, um, spoiled me forever on this, which is Celeste, right? I mean, Celeste is just the master of insane difficulty, but it's totally awesome and totally okay because the cycle time is wicked fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the cycle time in Celeste is probably faster than it took you to just say wicked fast. Like it's, it's really fast. <laughs> exactly. And, and the, the couple of times when they make it longer, um, it is to frustrate you. Like the bosses, like the cycle time is a little bit longer, but they're doing it because they want you in a very specific emotional state. But all of that being said, even a game where 
the cycle time is is near zero. So you could very easily lather yourself up into a rage, right? They still have humane game design because at the end of each stage, you go back to the stage select screen, right? You know, where it's just the, the big mountain, right? So then you have to then select that stage. And again, it's normally on a falling action on the, the emotional scale, right? So that's when you say like, and each level takes between 10 to 20 minutes to play, right? So at about a 20 minute cycle time, they say, are you are you done? Have you had enough? Or do you want some more? You can play, play forever. We don't care, right? You have an infinite lives. In fact, they actually just count the number of times you die. Like they don't even give you lives. They just say, this is how many times you died on this stage, um, which is amazing. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, they, they still, they have, it's humane game design because they're saying like, hey, is there an out, right? So um, I definitely, again, I don't think that that was the purpose here. Um, but that's, again, like you don't have to have like a, um, a long cycle time or something that like kind of forces the player to think and reevaluate their lives. You can just kind of say like, hey, all I need to do is just create a place where it logically is a good place to end the game. Uh, Overwatch does it with like the end of a match. Like that is a good chunk of a cycle time. Some games do it with save with save points. Some people do it with checkpoints. Some people do it with, uh, you know, uh, you know, like a stage select or when the stage ends. Like there's a million different ways, but you, you want to make it so that way it's not like, you're constantly just jumping back into the fray or they incentivize you to jump back into the fray um, because that can be pretty abusive. But this was not that. This was just, you know, oh, you got to have lives. You got to gotta have continues. Got to, uh. <laughs> I mean, anything that kicks you all the way back to the title screen this far into video game history, right? Because, I mean, this is 1993. Like, Today is 1993. We're really ahead of our time on this podcast. <laughs> That's right. Um, it it feels like they they did it because it was the end of that the era where that had been established as the thing you yes. do right. Like it's yep. it, exactly what you're saying is like it's just it's it's lives it's score in the corner it's it's every dumb video game trope like it's just they didn't use every dumb video game trope but this is among every dumb video game trope and it's one of the ones they used. Correct, because you know they were making a movie into a video game. So if you're making a video game, you got to do these the, these things. Um, and so this is another video game thing that they did, where they were like, you know what, video games have gating mechanics, and that's gating mechanics are tight, right? <laughs> and so, so they 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 did have some gating mechanics, which is good. Um, there's no way for you to know what the hell to do in order to achieve it. Not bad. <laughs> um, so. Uh, so the 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 exemplar I can give to this is playing as the Velociraptor on stage two. I had to go look up how to get out because like now to be fair, you walk in, there's a room, there's a guy with a taser, dispatched him in like no time, right? And and they tell you on the little screen that rolls through stuff, it says like beware of the electricity, but the electricity actually looks enough like electricity that I wasn't like I want to go touch that, so that's cool. But now I'm just in this room where I can't do anything. Right. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what? How in the world am I supposed to get through this? And I spent probably a solid five minutes before I said, eh, time to look it up online. And the amazing thing is that even if I had had a, a, a Nintendo Power, an actual Nintendo Power, which I might have had, or Sega Genesis Power, I don't know what that was called. But, anyways, um, if I actually had one of those, that would not have been enough because I, I needed a visual of what to do, which is you have to hold the up button and jump to get this bananas mega jump, you know, that rockets you like four times higher and there's there's absolutely no reason for me to think that that would be a thing i just had to get someone to show me how to do it which is the worst type of game design um 
there's a million different ways that they could have done it. A million different ways they could have done that better, but they didn't do any of it. They just put you in a room where they said, now again, upside is that they didn't later on create like a giant chasm that I had to cross and I kept dying three quarters of the way through because I had no idea how to execute that jump. They didn't do that. They did it at the beginning of the level and just didn't let me progress any further, but they didn't do anything to let me know what the hell I needed to do. And and so I I have uh two top level notes that are are related to this. Uh one is uh on the topic of controls, I, I wish this game had had some. <laughs> I, cause I often felt, especially as the Velociraptor, just completely out of control, right? Grant is slow and weak and sluggish and you don't begrudge him that quite as much because he's a human surrounded by dinosaurs, right? So he should feel slower than them and weaker than them because it's his, you know, wicked human cunning and his technology that saves him. Not, you don't fist fight the, triceratops right like that you know it would be awesome man you know what game i would play the mess out of imagine the last of us mechanically but like you're playing as dr grant and the velociraptors are like the clickers you know wouldn't that be awesome right you know like you you walk through and like you like listen at the door and you hear the velociraptors and you know man you've only got three shots left in this like you know trank rifle and you're gonna have to hit him twice really fast because it takes three shots to take him down so you gotta be perfectly accurate and if you make any noise to be three more velociraptors coming after you you gotta have to run and they can cl- jump over stuff that ah so, oh, so this, awesome this, this is, is not that this is why <laughs> they need to eventually because you know naughty dog deals exclusively with sony which means all their mm-hmm. games are playstation exclusives this is why uh, eventually they need to port the last of us to the PC because then the modding community will show up <laughs> and they will take the yeah. game engine and they'll say it's the last of us, but Steven universe or it's the last of us, <laughs> but Gumby, right? Or it's the last of us, but dinosaurs, right? Like someone yeah. will do that because the modding community is amazing. So <laughs> That would be that would be a wonderful time. I would play the mess out of that game as well. This game, not that game. So not that game. sorry to interrupt. Continue. No, because for a minute I was thinking about a fun game. So I actually <laughs> appreciate. <laughs> you can take that like, like put that little little firefly keep you warm for a yeah, little bit. Hold it close <laughs> to my heart. Um, <laughs> so this game has what uh, you would broadly and generously refer to as platforming, but. Uh, what you're talking about with the Velociraptor is true with its insane vertical jump. It's also true if you do some archaic button combination that didn't seem natural to me, and I can't remember exactly which buttons they were. You can leap forward. Yeah, the you know, long jump. Yeah, yeah. so you, you get a, there's a super mega vertical jump that goes straight ass up, right? Yeah. And then there's a super mega linear jump that goes damn near straight forward. You get very, very little height. And then if you sacrifice the right kind of goat and you have the correct candles burning at the right parts of the pentagram, you can also do a super jump on a diagonal that is not either of the other jumps it is its own button inputs and there are a few places where that is obviously the jump they want you to do and i just could not reliably get it to execute so what ended up happening at least to me 
is a lot of the time I spent as the Velociraptor, I spent thinking, I bet being a Velociraptor would be cool. And I wish I could play a video game that would give me that experience because you have the mega jump and you have the leap and you have like three different biting animations and you can kick doors open. Got a story about that. And you can, you can do all of these like kind of super powerful things. Like you feel fairly empowered as the Velociraptor, which is fun in a manner of speaking, but then you have to platform to move through the levels, which thank God these levels are not timed, right? Like no, Oh yeah. No clock. Thank God. But the, the platforming is just awful. It's all because all of the platforms are designed for Dr. Grant. So there's ladders and there's like areas where you jump just a little bit and you grab onto a ledge, but the Velociraptor has this insane jump arc that travels at a thousand miles an hour and he's huge. So you're constantly colliding with walls and ceilings and ledges and things. And I was just like, like, I wish all of the Velociraptors levels were outside and, and they gave you a playground in the jungle to enjoy the way the Velociraptor moves, but they don't do that. They shove you into the indoor environments because you are supposed to be chasing Dr. Grant, right? And to Mm -hmm. put this big, powerful monster in this little tiny cage feels really crappy, which maybe that's how the Velociraptor would feel. So maybe they're doing a really great empathetic transfer, but I God, I was just constantly basically the first level when you're outside in the jungle, being the Velociraptor felt empowering. And then everywhere else, I just felt frustrated. It was just a frustrating hmm. mess. See, yeah, that's interesting because I actually had an an, uh, an opposite experience. But like I said, me, me and the Velociraptor, we were just jiving. I don't know. But it was mostly because, again, I don't, I would still, I would agree with you that I didn't feel like I was playing the game, you know, in the sense that I just literally, because I, I discovered that the long jump, it, 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 just like in, a, what was that What was that one PlayStation game we played? Jumping Jack Flash? Whatever. Oh, Jumping Flash, yeah. J- jump, yeah, Jumping Flash, where it's like ABJ. Man, that's that's this one, man. Always be jumping, you know? Yep. Uh, yeah, so I mean, basically, once I learned that, generally speaking, the long jump, they will not like, allow you to long jump immediately to your death. You know, I mean, yeah, generally, yeah. I mean, literally, I just was like, and on top of that, you're invincible when you are long jumping, right? Because if you collide with an enemy, they die. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, I just, I, I just would long jump and onto a platform, kill everything on the platform, go to the edge of the platform, long jump again, land on another platform. It was, it was pretty calming, actually. (laughs) You know, where I was just like, I was just like, long jump, kill everything, long jump, kill everything. Oh, I'm at the end of the level. Cool. And the levels are like, five minutes long you know so um not great from a game design perspective because again i wasn't like making a plan and then executing on it you know i wasn't even memorizing the stage to where i'm like okay i need to do thing a then thing b then thing c you know so it wasn't improvisational gameplay because i did not have enough information in order to you know improvise through it right it wasn't planned game prep or practice gameplay where you know i i knew exactly what needed to happen and i could iterate on it um and it wasn't planned gameplay because i didn't have again any information to create a plan i was just letting the game kind of play itself you know it was it was kind of like i, I can't even call it simon because that that requires you know practice and memorization or whatever so it's it, it was just it was weird but uh 
but yeah, I, I did find that, you know, generally speaking, except for the last level, the one where you got to open the door, mm-hmm. that was obnoxious. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a hot mess. So that was my go to YouTube moment where I was like, OK, there is nowhere I could possibly go there. I mean, there's it, you get to the first door in that room or in that that level fairly early on. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I've seen the movie. There's a bunch of lines of dialogue and a whole scene dedicated to the fact that velociraptors can open doors. And yep. in the movie, they kind of do it with their giant, scary hook claws. And of course, in the game, he kicks it open like he's, you know, a friggin' mafia hitman <laughs> coming to collect a bounty. But, you know, anyway, I don't know why. Again, I struggled with these controls, dude. I. I don't know what it was about pressing buttons that I had such a hard time with, but I couldn't make the door open. I was like, obviously you need to make the Velociraptor attack the door. The problem is you need to be holding forward when you hit the kick. If you're just standing near it and you do the kick, it doesn't always register as opening the door. And it, it just, for whatever reason, my brain was just like, probably because the Velociraptor is huge. I just thought I was close enough. And so I was like, okay, maybe, maybe you don't open the door. Like I, I can't bite it. There's no way to move his hands and the kick isn't working. And so I just was like, whatever I'm just, and, and granted, I didn't give this a ton of time. Like I was already frustrated at this point. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to look it up. And like an idiot, <laughs> the place that I looked it up was I looked up the world record speed run for this game. <laughs> How long? Four and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so so I was like, oh, this will, you know, this will just be funny. But I'll just see the person go through the door and then I'll know it's possible. Well, uh imagine like, you know, two squares connected by a rectangle, right? There's a square room you start in, the hallway, and then the square room that has the door. And at the top right corner of that room, if you jump in just the right way, you can clip through the wall and skip like 80% of the level, which is obviously what the speedrunner does. Sure. So like I just, cause that was the first video I went to just like for whatever reason. And I was just, okay. So <laughs> obviously that's not what the game designers expect me to do to clip through the wall. So now but. I'm going to need to go find a video of someone just normally playing the game. And then I eventually figured I was like, oh, you have to be like leaning into the door when you kick it open. Okay, fine. But I just I couldn't believe that I was like, aha, this world class Jurassic Park for the Genesis player. He'll glide right through that door as the Velociraptor. Nope. He actually bamfed through the wall like friggin Nightcrawler in the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the the world class uh the world-class Genesis player knew knew the real secret, which is the best way to play Jurassic Park is to play as little of it as possible. That's right. Uh, do you, do you have anything else? I'm I'm out. No, I'm. I I could complain a lot more about the platforming and how the hitboxes and and like collision detection for the platforming felt really coin flippy. Um, but I just I can't say enough bad things about how I felt about the platforming personally. So I'm just going to stop because I could go on at infinitum. Um, so, uh, did you feel like this game held up George? 
Um, so I, I, so first of all, the, the, the ranking for this is nostalgia goggles required, right? Um, for, for my own personal feeling like, did it hold up? Uh, yeah, because it was garbage when I played it the first time, you know? So like, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think what we were asking, we were saying like, do you need nostalgia goggles to play this game? Is it's like, if you had never played the game and then you were to play it, would it be enjoyable? And the answer is flat. No, it's not an enjoyable game, but it also wasn't enjoyable. I remember it being bananas difficult the first time I played it. Right. So again, like to use the analogy I used before, it's like, I knew this room was filled with people that were going to hit me with sticks. So <laughs> I just very calmly opened the door and like Worf walking down, you know, like the, the, to his ascension with pain sticks. I just, just ate the damage and, I knew what I was getting into. It, it, it did, as far as I was concerned, what it's, it's like if it says a can of beans and, but you, but you happen to read Aramaic and in Aramaic it says, super psych, this thing beats you to death. I'm like, <laughs> well, it does what it says on the 10. It beat me to death, you know? So, um, so yes, you need nostalgia goggles. To, and, and, but the weird thing is I wouldn't say like, oh, but I had nostalgia goggles. So that's why I was okay with it. Because the thing is that it's not that either, right? Like, <laughs> Like, cause then I would have enjoyed it. I, I did not enjoy this. So I would say like, do you need nostalgia goggles? Play it. Yeah. Kind of just don't play it though. Like just, just don't. So, but how about you, man? What did you, what, what, what do you think? I mean, full nostalgia goggles required. No question. Right. Like big safety goggles in the lab. Nostalgia goggles <laughs> required. Um, it's, it's not, I don't remember it being this bad, but it's bad. Like it's a bad game. Like to the, yeah. to the point where, a couple times in my playthrough, I seriously considered, is this going to be my first opt out where I'm just going to be <laughs> like, I found this game to be unplayable and it's not unplayable broadly. Like you could master this game. We were talking about this in the, in the pre-show and I, I want to share this analogy with the listening audience. So real fast, were you, were you so worried about like for the mastery of this game? Were you so worried about whether or not you could, you didn't stop to think you should. <laughs> basically yes but, awesome. <laughs> but i i i realized that this game is a lot in my mind like a game like super goblins and goblins or super ghouls and goblins or whatever the proper friggin name for that game is um sure. super ghouls and ghosts um where that game is punishingly hard but it's all doable it feels doable and then you as the player decide whether or not you want to do it whereas this game i was like even if i memorized all the enemy placement and i twisted my hands into claws and learned these ridiculous controls and i learned to see the code and i was like well visually there's a platform there but i know i can actually grab on over here i'm actually going to clip through it a little so i have to be closer than it looks like even if I was willing to commit all that stuff to memory, the game engine just doesn't feel like it actually behaves consistently enough to deserve that kind of effort, right? I don't want to put the effort in to master ghouls and goblins or super ghouls and ghosts or whatever, but, but I feel like I could, if I wanted to, like I could go through all of that. So, you know, at the top of the episode, you welcomed us to Jurassic Park and I'm very happy now to just say goodbye to Jurassic Park. The music.
music plays The credits roll Then it all fades To black And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side To share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again 